Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mom Manual. This is Tara Williams. I have another amazing guest for you. Sarah Bradford is the founder of Lunit Mother Co. and a mom of two. Sarah is going to talk to us about some of her personal struggles. I cannot wait to get into this episode. It is going to be a good one. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited for you to be here. I always struggle when I want to tell everyone's bio. Yours is so good, but I love guests to tell our audience themselves. So can you jump into a little bit of your background, how you got to where you are today? I always dreamt of having a business that catered specifically to women. And I always assumed it was something I was going to do later on in life, but the universe had other plans for me. So my husband is uh, a two-time cancer survivor. And so we knew that right before he started any treatment that we were going to have to do IVF in order to get pregnant. And so when that time came, I just assumed that it would be really easy because it was male factor, right? And that was not the case. It took longer than we had anticipated. We switched to a whole new clinic. Long story short, got pregnant with twins and miscarried one of them during the pregnancy, went on to have my son, and I had a really long, difficult labor that I was not at all prepared for, and a difficult postpartum recovery. And in that postpartum period, I felt, I think like a lot of other people, somewhat abandoned by my healthcare team. Yeah. And I knew that something was just not right in my body. And I would go back and they would say, oh, you're fine. This is all just part of it, you know? Uh, So I had to do a lot of advocating for myself and a lot of my own research. And I ultimately found out that I had diastasis recti, which is a separation of the abdominal muscles. And I was also experiencing incontinence. And so it was a long journey to heal myself postpartum and get back into this space where I felt strong in my body again. And I just realized that there was a huge lack of care in this arena. And even if you do have a a pelvic floor PT, there's, you know, there's still a big gap between rehab and exercise. And so I made it my mission to fill that gap. Um, So when my son was 18 months old, I launched Luna. I love it. Okay. And tell us specifically like what Luna is for people who haven't heard. So Luna Mother Co started out actually as a brick and mortar studio here in the Bay area where I live. And after being open for a couple of years and seeing this amazing impact that it had, I decided to launch what we now have, which is the app. So it's a full online platform and mobile app that you can access from any of your devices. And it has a lot of content, evidence-based content. So we have lots of different providers that have come on from pelvic floor physical therapists to lactation consultants to nurse practitioners, and they share their expertise. We talk about, you know, pelvic floor, 
we have parenting classes on there. And then we have a whole bunch of uh, fitness and exercise classes for preconception all the way through postpartum and beyond. And we specialize in pelvic health and core health. So we have several different pelvic floor and core programs for pregnancy, postpartum, all the way up to advanced. And they're designed to both help prepare your body for birth and heal properly afterwards. Every time on the podcast, I say this, you are now the probably fifth, 10th, 15th guest who has come on and has mentioned or specifically talked about a pelvic floor specialist. I never heard of such a thing. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Is this like, just, I never heard of it. Other people haven't heard of it. Like, did you hear of this? How did you hear about it? So, well, that's exactly why I think, you know, big reason why I started my business is because I had never heard of such a thing either. And unfortunately, our healthcare providers, they just aren't knowledgeable about pelvic floor issues. That's not what they specialize in, right? Most of the time, you know, our um, perinatal doctors are, they're surgeons, right? They're, they're trained surgeons, they're doctors. And that's just, we've always been told that, you know, leaking pee after you have kids is just part of being a mom. And the reality is, is that it really doesn't have to be. And there's so much that can be done both from a preventative standpoint, as well as rehabilitating postpartum, regardless of how old your kids are. And I think that's the biggest piece is that it, you don't have to do it right after. Like if your kids are grown, there's still hope you can still do the work. Right. But unfortunately it's just a resource that's not often talked about. And in other countries, that's not the case. It's really kind of like this thing here in America that we don't do. And it's standard care, like in a lot of European countries and other places. So yeah, I was never told about it. And even when I was coming in and explaining my symptoms, a pelvic floor physical therapist was not brought up to me. It was never, ever mentioned. And it took me going online and like researching it until I figured out, oh, this is something that you know people do. However, it is kind of a newer thing and not, there's not pelvic floor specialized physical therapists everywhere. It's growing and we're getting more and more of those resources, but there's certainly can be, you know, areas where it's hard to, to find one. Today's episode was brought to you by Dreamland Baby. I want to introduce you to a product that hundreds of thousands of parents use to help their baby sleep. The Dreamland Baby Weighted Sleep Sack. Hi, I'm Tara Williams, host of the Mom Manual and founder of Dreamland Baby. When my son Luke was six months old, he was still waking up every hour and a half. I was completely exhausted, frustrated, and at my wit's end. Sound familiar? My solution to create a gently weighted sleep sack that babies can safely wear to help them feel calm, fall asleep faster, and stay asleep longer. The award-winning doctor-approved Dream Weighted Sleep Sack and Swaddle features our proprietary CoverCom technology, evenly distributed weight from your baby's shoulders to toes to help naturally reduce stress and allow your little one to feel relaxed and sleep soundly. If you're struggling to get your baby to sleep for longer stretches and go down easier, you're not alone. This product was a game changer for my son and can be for your family too. And right now we've got a special discount exclusive to mom manual listeners. Use code mommanual15 at checkout to get 15% off site-wide. Isn't it time for you to invest in rest? 
Ideally, you would want to go see a pelvic floor PT in person so that they can do a thorough physical assessment of you. And a lot of times that includes an internal and an external assessment as well as the way that you move, because they can then actually see and feel like what exactly your muscles are doing. And there's so much that can go into this. A lot of people think, well, if I'm leaking pee, that means that my pelvic floor is really weak, but it could be the opposite. It could be that your pelvic floor is overactive and really tight. And if you think of it, like, you know, your bicep muscle, if you walked around with your bicep muscle contracted all the time, and then you went to try and pick up something heavy, you don't have any power. There's nowhere to go. So it's the same thing with the pelvic floor. If it's really tight and you have that, you sneeze, those muscles can't contract anymore to stop the flow of urine. And so we leak. So seeing someone in person who can do that assessment can tell you exactly what's going on in your body. So that's the ideal. However, if you don't have access to that, then, you know, programs like Luna's can be really helpful to get you to a place where you can start to reconnect to your body and you can do these exercises and breathing techniques that can help. I think it's like a spectrum, right? Because I remember after I had each of my kids, I think there's a, like, it's obviously more lax, right? Like you just Mm -hmm. had a baby and my kids, I don't know if this is like, makes it worse, but we're between eight and nine pounds, like all four Mm -hmm. of my babies were big. I mean, my husband's six, two, I'm five, seven. I was 10 pounds Mm -hmm. at birth. My mom had twins and they were each seven and a half pounds, the twins. Wow. Um, so I don't know if that affects it, like the bigger babies, but I think for me, like it wasn't really something that I experienced. And so mm-hmm. I did have a girlfriend recently was like, it was her first. I'm full on peeing my pants. Like, is this normal? And I was like, I don't think so. Like, I remember after I had the baby, like maybe because you're wearing a pad, right? It's everything mm-hmm. kind of leaking, but then you move on from that. You Right. Kind of move to the next phase of recovery. And I like at the time didn't tell her, I was just like, I don't like that didn't happen to me. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think so. And I was also like, I don't really remember because, you know, at the time my youngest was like two or three and is there, you know, the difference between like you sneeze and pee a little bit versus like people are, you know, sneezing and like, full on peeing their pants. Like talk to us a little bit about that. So yes, there's definitely a spectrum and there's so many different things that could be going on with your pelvic floor, whether it's just stress incontinence, meaning like you sneeze or you cough and some urine leaks out, whether it's a lot or a little, it's still stress incontinence. Or if you have some type of prolapse, there can be a lot of similar symptoms. And then there's some more defining ones, but there's definitely a wide range of things that it could be that could be causing it. Some people don't experience it at all. And some people do, unless someone like yourself, who's had four kids versus me after just my first baby. And what you do during your pregnancy can also affect that as well. You know, if there's, if there's consistent downward pressure on the pelvic floor throughout pregnancy, then that can contribute to having pelvic floor dysfunctions postpartum as well. A lot of studies show that approximately one in three people who have given birth will experience some degree of incontinence. And sometimes, you know, very early postpartum, you know, it can happen, but ideally as we get closer to that six week mark, it would dissipate. And when it doesn't, then we start to think, okay, well, there must be something going on. So when we say like, it's not normal to pee after you have a baby, it is normal for the first like six weeks. And then 
during recovery, but then it's after that, you should not be accepting this. Is that fair? Yes. I hate to use the words like normal versus not because it can scare people or make them think like, well, there's something really wrong with me. And so, yes, if you've experienced some of it, especially really early postpartum, I wouldn't be super concerned. However, it's still good to be doing those pelvic floor exercises so that your pelvic floor continues to heal properly and you can restore that function versus kind of ignoring it. And then maybe it sticks around. So, you know, in those very early days, postpartum, there's just so much going on and you're really, really healing. So yes, if you experience some incontinence, I I wouldn't think of it as a red flag, but correct. Once you get closer to like that, that place where we're no longer bleeding and we're still sort of experiencing it, then it might be time to maybe seek out a pelvic floor PT. And I think that's a good time to see a PT regardless. Yeah. Talk to me about that because I think one thing with doing this podcast is I'm talking to, you know, and again, I've had four kids. So you think like Mm -hmm. Tara, you've done everything. You've seen everything. No. And I think it's, you don't necessarily gain more experience in things that you haven't experienced by having more kids. So I'll say like when, and I I don't talk about it often on here, obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but I am the founder of Dreamland Baby. And so my first three kids slept really well and well, quote unquote, really well. And so while I was a fourth time mom, I was a first time experiencing that mom. So I think that, you know, if you go in, like I never had a doula and I never heard of it. So by the time I had Mm -hmm. my first child, it wasn't like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm going to use a doula this time. Like, I just didn't know about it. So when you talk about like the post care and I'm kind of jumping ahead on some of your takeaways here, but what does that path look like? You know, you have your baby and then at six weeks you see the pelvic specialist. What other options do people have? We don't know what we don't know. If it's not being presented to us by our care team, then how are how are we to know, right? So in an ideal situation, after you have given birth, we would have numerous visits with our healthcare provider. And then eventually we would also see a pelvic floor specialist. The way that it usually works is that you go in, you know, I think it's two or three days postpartum, and then you go back around the six-week mark and there's kind of nothing in between. And then at that six-week mark, we are essentially cleared to just resume life as normal. There is no guidance whatsoever. It's like, okay, you can have sex again. You can exercise again. And there really should be guidance because at that mark, number one, not everybody's going to be ready to have sex again. And that could be because of a variety of things, right? Maybe it's painful. And that is a sign that there's something going on with the pelvic floor. Exercise, jumping back into an exercise routine that you did pre-pregnancy at six weeks postpartum is going to be a lot on your pelvic floor and your core, which are still healing, especially if you had a cesarean. Yeah. Right. And all of those internal layers are still healing together. So in an ideal world, we would start pelvic floor and core rehabilitation as early as a day or two post vaginal birth oh, wow. and anywhere from four to seven days post cesarean birth. And now what that would look like, you know, these are very gentle rehabilitative exercises, a lot of which can be done you know, lying in bed with your baby, you know, they're not strenuous. They're really just about reconnecting to your pelvic floor and your deep core and starting to help the healing process, starting to reconnect to your body and lay this foundation of strength that will then prepare you for more full body exercises that you're going to start doing, you know, six weeks or beyond when you feel ready to do so. So that'd be the first thing is to 
to have access to those types of rehabilitative exercises and to see a pelvic floor physical therapist. Now, the timeline for that is a little bit different. You know, you could see one very early on. They would likely not do an internal assessment at that time. Once you get closer to six weeks, we're no longer bleeding. Then it's a great time to see somebody and have that thorough internal and external assessment. And at that time, they're going to check your pelvic floor function. They're going to assess you for any type of pelvic organ prolapse. They're going to see how your pelvic floor reacts to different scenarios, whether you're standing up or you're squatting or, you know, different movements that you're making. So that would be, you know, kind of the ideal. And then at that time, they can give you specific things to do based on what you personally are experiencing. And then is there any other people that we should know about, like any specialists that I haven't heard of? That you haven't heard of? I don't know. I think, you know, that's, that's a big one is pelvic floor physical therapists or physiotherapists. You know, we're, we're not told about a lot and they will also assess you for things like diastasis recti and core function, not just pelvic floor. There's lots and lots of different things that they can assess you for, but you know, I think that we should all be able to, to have access to sleep consultants and postpartum doulas and lactation consultants and all of these things that, you know, the support that we really, really need need should be more widely available. And, and you um, said that in other countries, like in Europe, this whole suite of services is funded by the state. It's private. Like how do people get access to this? It's part of your postpartum care. So I have a good friend who was born in Sweden, moved here when she was in middle school and then moved back years ago for she's back here in the US now, but she was there when she met her husband and when they had their first child. Yeah. And she explained that postpartum, you have several visits with your, with your doctor in that first six weeks and that pelvic floor physical therapy is prescribed to you regardless of whether or not you're showing symptoms, that it's just part of your care and you're given a certain amount of visits, Yeah, you know, and then if you need more or whatever, you know, that's, that's available to you, but it's just part of the package. Yeah. I couldn't tell you for sure how the insurance and, and all of that works, yeah. but from what I understood, it, it's included in some way <laughs> we could get into like a whole <laughs> like medical healthcare. And it's like, we are in one of the wealthiest countries in the world mm-hmm. yet. We have, you know, a broken healthcare system, We do, um, we do. but the great thing is, I think that you know, if you seek this out, like doulas, you can, you can pay out of pocket for, mm-hmm. and I don't, things aren't wildly expensive. Sleep consultant, same thing. If you really need it, like it's available or you can do online courses. So mm-hmm. like there's ways to access it if you can't get it covered or do you know if this is covered by like a typical insurance? So it depends on who you see and what type of insurance you have. Some providers do take insurance and some are out of pocket. So it just depends on who's in your area and you know what it is that they do, whether they're private or if they take insurance, there are both. So I think the million dollar question for probably anybody listening is like, okay, so I have this pelvic floor issue or like maybe I'm lower on the spectrum or maybe I don't think I have it at all, but I'm going to go see a pelvic floor specialist. I'm going to drive there. I'm going to have this you know, invasive assessment that's probably not comfortable. And then I'm going to do these exercises and have to commit to like one more thing on my plate what am I getting out of this? Like how, Mm -hmm. what are the benefits to strengthening your pelvic core, just getting things back in place? 
I think whether you feel symptomatic or you don't, a lot of times there are symptoms that people have that they don't realize are related to their pelvic floor. You know, I had briefly mentioned sex being painful. That could be a sign of a hypertonic or an overactive pelvic floor. If inserting something like a tampon or a menstrual cup is painful, constipation, having constipation regularly can also be a symptom. Any kind of pelvic pain can be a symptom. Any kind of leaking, whether it's, you know, urine or gas or anything like that is also a sign. So there's lots of things that could be coming up that people don't even realize are related. So getting assessed regardless, postpartum or even during pregnancy is, is amazing if you can. And then doing the work afterwards, you know, it, I think what deters people sometimes is, okay, well, I'm going to have this whole set of exercises and I have to set aside all this time. It's not an all or nothing thing. You know, you could focus on one or two things just from your breathing mechanics alone versus, you know, gentle pelvic floor and core contractions and releasing. You could do that while you're driving in your car, while you're breastfeeding your baby. You know, there's lots of different times doing it for a couple minutes in the morning, a couple minutes in the afternoon. It's all beneficial. Kegel exercise that we've all heard of, right? Is that, is that what you do? So it's a little different than a Kegel. A traditional Kegel just really focuses on the muscles around the urethra. So if you're doing a Kegel exercise, it's, it's as if you're trying to stop the flow of urine when you're not actually going to the bathroom. And then you squeeze that and you release. A true pelvic floor contraction activates all of the muscles of the pelvic floor and then releases them. And I'm more than happy to give an example or kind of walk your listeners through how you would perform one of those at some yeah. point if you want. Yeah. Um, I'll do that. And But first I'll go back to what you had asked me before, yeah. which is like, why would I want to do this? And what are the benefits? The benefits are obviously that those symptoms can be relieved, right? And you can restore that optimal balance within your pelvic floor. We want the pelvic floor to be able to both contract and relax, right? just like any other muscle in the body. And so when it's able to do that efficiently, then we're not going to be experiencing leaking and some of these other things that can be coming up. A lot of that can be totally eliminated or at least made a lot better in very severe circumstances. If you have like a significant prolapse, it may require more either way, doing all of those things is just going to help heal your body, strengthen your body, prevent these things from happening. And then, you know, the other thing is that when we hit menopause, if you haven't rehabilitated and you've been living life dealing with these symptoms, they can potentially get worse with that huge shift in hormones. And then later in life, we have, we find ourselves with more symptoms, Mm. right? And if you have diastasis recti and that goes untreated, that can range anywhere from just kind of looking like maybe you're still pregnant to having really bad back pain because your core is not firing correctly. And so we really want to be able to strengthen the deep layers of the core so that we have the support that our body needs in our spine, in our rib cage, in our pelvis, especially when we're picking up little kids and we're hauling them around. You know, we need that deep core strength. Otherwise what happens is it all ends up compressing into the spine, right? And we end up with that low back pain and that aching in the in the low back. Pelvic issues can be made worse. So it's hugely beneficial to take the time to rehabilitate. And whether that's a couple minutes a day or if you have 30 minutes a day, it all makes a difference. 
steps. Yeah. It may take a little bit longer if you're taking a slow approach, but you can still get there. Back stuff really resonates with me. My first three kids are super close in age. The first two are 14 months apart. And then second and third are 17 months apart. And within two and a half years, I had three separate births and they did get an epidural with all of them. And I thought that was the reason, but I did have that lower back pain. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I ever had the split, but like my stomach just wasn't strong. Like I wasn't, while I worked out a lot while I was pregnant, obviously I never did sit-ups or, you know, I, I never did any core strength which in hindsight, I, I'm, I'm sure you could probably tell me there's, there's a way to do that, but I didn't. And, and I had this, I call it a back blowout. I don't know how else to say it. I remember like I was walking in San Francisco and it felt like I had stepped off a curb, but there was no curb. Like I, mm-hmm. I was just walking straight and it, and it was like this moment where I was like, Oh, and it just was like a sharp. And then I was hunched forward, like in this position, like stuck in almost like a sitting up position but my body was forward. And really like now in hindsight, everything you're saying, I'm like, this was because of my abs. I think Mm -hmm. I thought it was from the epidural, but this is okay. So you have within your app, you have the whole exercise program, Mm -hmm. right? And that's before you give birth while you're pregnant. And then after, can you talk through a few of those exercises or like while you're pregnant and then some after two of the biggest things that we want to focus on is diaphragmatic breathing. So a lot of us have this learned response of breathing up in our chest, and we don't even realize that that that's what we do. And this is something that comes from stress in life and trauma. It's a fight or flight response, you know, is the the nervous system switches over and the breath goes up into the chest. And when that happens, there's intra-abdominal pressure that gets kind of locked into the core. And that pressure pushes down on the pelvic floor and out against the abdominal wall. And that can start to create problems, especially during pregnancy when there's already an increase in pressure from a baby and fluid and all that stuff. So learning to shift that breath down into the diaphragm again and regulate that pressure with each and every inhale and exhale that alone is doing a lot to tone the muscles of the inner core. And I'll, I'll explain more about that. And then learning how to correctly engage your pelvic floor and your deep core muscles. And when to do that is also essential. So during pregnancy, you can absolutely continue to train your core and you should, and you, we want to focus, take the focus away from, you know, planks and sit-ups and these traditional core exercises. And we want to focus more on deep core strength. So engaging the pelvic floor and the deep core on an exhale breath, and you can do things like bird dogs or, you know, which is when you're on all fours and you're extending your right arm and your left leg out, we'll say. And then as you exhale, you lift through the pelvic floor and you engage the deep core as you bring your knee and your elbow closer together. Right. And so that is creating stability right? You're, it's teaching your deep core to stabilize your body through that movement. And so we're strengthening those deepest layers of the core. And those kinds of exercises can be hugely beneficial. I mean, there's so, so many, we have a program specifically for pregnancy that focuses on core exercises, you know, anti-rotational movements can be really good as well. So it's really about stabilization. Because as your belly continues to grow, your center of gravity is also continuously getting thrown off. And so the more that those muscles understand that they're supposed to fire in anticipation of certain movements, more stable you're going to feel in your pregnancy, those deep core muscles are going to stay nice and strong. 
They're going to assist you in pushing out the baby during birth. And then you're going to have an easier time healing postpartum rather than if you hadn't, you know, done anything for them at all. And then on the flip side, doing things like crunches or really high pressure exercises during pregnancy can have the opposite effect where it can actually lead to diastasis recti. Ooh. Okay. And so that it is important to shift the way yeah. that you exercise. So that's if you're doing ab work while you're pregnant, if you're doing those more traditional, uh, you know, ab work, like doing, you know, if you're in the very early stages and you're doing a plank and your belly hasn't popped yet, that's one thing. But if you're trying to hold a, you know, 60 second plank when you're 38 yeah. weeks pregnant, yeah. that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of pressure or doing yeah. sit-ups or crunches. Again, it, those are high pressure movements that we want to try to avoid during pregnancy. And we want to shift that focus to deep core work instead. 2023, I'm like big on resolutions. One of my resolutions is core strength this year, mm-hmm. which is like so perfect for this conversation. But I think if, you know, so where does that fall in? Because one, one thing that I've realized, especially having four kids, I love to work out. It's for me, it's about being fit, but it's really about that mental release. Like that is mm-hmm. my hour that I just like zone out and I'm like into like reconnect. And that's mm-hmm. why I focus on yoga and Pilates and like more of this like breath work type classes. Mm-hmm. I know there's a, there's kind of this weird, and I don't know if it still is. Cause my youngest now is almost five where instructors aren't very comfortable teaching pregnant people. And they're not really sure. And doctors are still saying, you know, you can work out. And then I've had friends who have had, you know, a miscarriage and they're like, I don't want to do anything because I don't want to risk it. I don't want to do any jumping. Um, so I, I think there's still some uncertainty like mm-hmm. within working out while pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then I had a friend who was running marathons pregnant. So it's like, it's all over the map, but where do you feel on that? Exercising during pregnancy has so many benefits. And so, you know, if you're going to a fitness class and those instructors don't have any education or training around working with the perinatal community, then, you know, yes, that that's something that maybe you want to try and find someone that does, right? Because there are things that need to be modified and that need to be changed and things that should be taken into consideration, such as regulating that intra-abdominal pressure. And if you're in a regular fitness class and those options are not being provided, how are you going to know when you should be modifying something, right? So finding a pregnancy-specific class or a trainer that works with perinatal people or, you know, an online program is, is a great way to go. And there's lots of stuff out there. Even if Luna is not for you, there's some other really wonderful options available, but it's really beneficial for both the pregnant person and for the baby. So there's studies that show that babies born to people who exercise have higher APGAR scores at birth and that they test higher on academic scores later in life, that they have a decreased risk of you know, having things like obesity and diabetes. And so there's lots of incredible benefits. And I think that that can be a great motivating factor. If you're like, ah, but I'm pregnant and I don't want to work out. Well, it has so many benefits for your baby too. And have a smarter baby. Part of it, I do believe also is genetics, right? Because like I had four kids, I'm also five, seven. So I'm a lot taller. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like easier to carry babies because there's just more space. And I didn't have to have C-sections and I, but I am very into working out. So like I was walking, I was doing exercises, I was doing things my entire pregnancies and I had four super easy births. 
Right. And Mm -hmm. I think it was because my body was like, I mean, after the first one, as you know, you're like ready. I don't know. I think, did you say you had a C-section on the first one? I did not. I just had a, I had to be induced and I had a very, very long labor. And this was before Luna. Right. And this was before all of my training that I have, it's kind of what led me on this path. So during my first pregnancy, you know, I think another thing, like you said, it's, it's the fear, right? I'd gone through IVF. It was really hard for me to get pregnant with my son. And then I miscarried the twin, you know, when I was about 10 weeks pregnant. So there was definitely fear and I completely stopped going to the gym and lifting weights and doing all that. But I did continue doing yoga and I had been doing hot yoga for so many years. And so I felt comfortable to continue to do that. I would not recommend starting hot yoga pregnant unless you've been doing it for a very, very long time. You know, I continued to go to yoga. I did have some instructors that were also prenatal instructors. So I I was told how to modify. That was it. That was the only kind of exercise that I was doing. And I had a very hard, long, two day long birth. I pushed for four hours and I had a really difficult recovery from that. And then with my daughter, she's four years younger than my son. And so Luna was here and I had had my studio for a few years and I applied everything that I know and that I teach to my pregnancy with her. She's also an IVF baby, as well as my postpartum recovery. And her birth from start to finish was two hours, unmedicated, barely made it into the hospital in time. And she was out. And, you know, when my son was born, I was in so much pain for like a month after he was born. And with her, I was felt great and was like ready to go home that afternoon. It was just a completely night and day different experience. And I really truly believe that a lot of that was because of the things that I had implemented in my pregnancy and then doing the rehab right when she was born. Totally. And I, that, I mean, I just believe, like you said, it makes a world of difference. Okay. We could keep talking about this forever. (laughs) I love this topic. And Every time I get on a call with somebody or, or do a podcast with someone and they talk about the public floor, I'm like, public floor, public floor, I need to sign up. Do you have through your app, like a resource, if you have someone listening, it's like, okay, I want to find somebody who's close to me. Like, do you have a map of ones you recommend or like, how can they? I do. So on the website, lunamother.co, there is at the top, there's a directory. And so you can click on that directory and we are always adding to it. We're always adding more and more providers. So it's by no means a complete list of everybody out there. It's a growing resource, but you can go on there and you can filter it based on your location and what type of provider you're looking for. And it will pop up with people that are in your area or close by that you can reach out to and you can contact. I'm going to check that out. And so you mentioned the website, where, where are you hanging out? Where can everybody find you? So yes, you can find us, you know, on the website. You can also find us on Instagram at Luna Mother Co. So yeah, those are the best places. And then you can either sign up for the program either through our website or you can download the app through the app store, either on Apple or Android. Everything that we offer is available under the one subscription. There is no like, you're going to sign up. And then if you want access to this, you have to pay more. I don't, I don't do that. It's just all there for everybody. And it goes beyond just pelvic floor and core and workouts. There's lots of workouts on there. And there's also stuff on there for people that are, that considered to be past the postpartum stage. They're much more advanced and they're meant to do 
once you have done the rehabilitative work and you've built that strong foundation because we don't give as many cues, but yes, there's definitely some pretty hardcore workouts on there as well. And then there's, you know, some great parenting resources. We have a program on there. It's a four part series and it's called preparing for postpartum and it's with our nurse practitioner. And it's great because it's all the stuff I wish I knew before I gave birth, right? Like I didn't know about the blood clots and the night sweats and all this stuff. And she talks about it all. So you feel like, okay, I know what to expect, right? So that's great. And we have a childbirth education course that you can watch from home and a breastfeeding course and lots of other resources that, you know, may not always be easy to access that are available on there. I love it. It's like a one-stop shop for all your kind of motherhood pre and post thoughts and needs. And then you really have that focus on working out and having those, those classes in there and you have an offer for us, right? I do. Yes. So if you would like to try it out, you can get a month for free. You just go on. And as you're signing up, there'll be a spot where you can put in a code. And if you just put in the code mom manual in all capitals, no space, just one word, and that will give you uh, your, your free month. Amazing. I'm definitely going to try that out because I need all the help and I am looking at your directory. Thank you, Sarah, so much for joining us today. 